Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A few months back, in Mobile, Alabama, there was a bank that had a poster and they were loaning money on four-wheelers and had a picture of a four-wheeler, a couple of them, and husband and wife possibly riding these four-wheelers. They didn't have frowns on their face. They was enjoying it, it looked like. And guess what it said? Play now, pay later. Play now, pay later. That's, that sounds good, don't it? Well, that's the way the devil works. That's his scheme. Play now, pay later. No harsher reminder in the scriptures of the effects of sin than Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Samuel 11, verses 2 through 5 says this. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the high tide? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. In our study today, we see a man after God's own heart, willing to do all the will of God, but he falls prey to Satan's scheme and Satan's trap. Play now, pay later. David had been king for about 20 years when this event occurs. He's approximately 50 years old. He's been experiencing tremendous success as a king. However, David's biggest failure occurs because he bought into one of the biggest lies in the history of humanity, play now, pay later. David got on a fast track to trouble. In fact, it got so fast that he handled himself very poorly in various decisions that he made. What is this fast-track trouble? First of all, neglect. David was to be out on the battlefield. However, he was experiencing such success that he became complacent and he didn't go to battle. He neglected his kingly responsibilities. And so it is with you and I, we have some responsibilities as the people of God. And the Bible tells us not to neglect 
our salvation. His sin of omission led to many sins of commission. The account of David's sin is given to us here in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter. And when you read this chapter, you'll find that David's sin was a series of events. It began with luxury and ended with lust. And finally, lying and even to murder. You know the story. Isn't it a shame that when we think about David, we think about his greatest victory. We think about his greatest defeat. We think about the giant he overcome. And we think about the giant that overcome him. David committed a terrible sin, and he tried to cover over that sin. The Bible says when he saw Bathsheba, he went into her. He committed adultery with her. And several weeks later, he got a message from Bathsheba. It was a four words that shattered his world. I am with child. Those four words shattered his life. Play now, pay later. Payday started that day, if not before. Oh, David tried to cover up his sin. You know the story. He called for her husband to come back from the battle. He sent him back into the battle and put him in the forefront of the fight. And Uriah was murdered basically because of David. David was trying his best to cover his own sin. And he went almost a year trying to cover up his sin. But there's a principle in the Word of God. Amen. And listen to what it says in Proverbs 28 and verse number 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Amen. Friend, that's what the Word of God says about it. He that covereth his sin. If you're covering over something, friend, you're not going to prosper as a Christian. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Here's a principle in the Bible that we need to understand. The sins which we cover, God will uncover. But the sins which we uncover, God will cover. Amen. Praise God forever. Amen. Amen. He went for almost a year trying to cover up his sin. But you cannot cover up your sin. Your sin will come to light. The Bible says, be sure. Young people, I want you to listen to me. Be sure your sins will find you out. You say, but I want to have a good time. I want to go out and sow my wild oats. I want to do some playing. Well, friend, you can do that. But let me tell you something, friend. You will pay for living in sin. Amen. Many of us can testify to that. There's a high price to pay for living in sin. Amen. I tell you, 
He went for some time trying to cover up his sin. Nathan the prophet came and preached to David. And in the course of his message, David heard four words. And here's what they were. Thou art the man. Those four words stripped him of his camouflage from his soul. Those four words melted the ice which he had packed around his heart. And David came to understand that secret sins on earth is an open scandal in heaven. You cannot hide from God. I cannot hide from God. You cannot cover over your sins in such a way that God will never know anything about it. David comes to the point of confession and in David's prayer of confession is recorded in the book of Psalms chapter 51 and we learn about the high cost of David playing for a few moments. Amen. Just a few moments of pleasure. He paid a price for the rest of his life. Now listen to me. Amen. When you neglect the right thing, when you neglect the thing that you need to be doing, you open yourself to many sins. For example, if you are not daily walking with God, then my friend, you're opening yourself up to sin. If you are neglecting your spouse, you're opening yourself and your spouse up to the possibility of adultery. And I hope you'll come to understand that you may play now, but you always pay. Always, always pay. You're not getting by, friend. There's a payday coming. I want to warn you, friend, that the price and the penalty that you pay for a few moments of unholy pleasure is outrageous. The price that David paid for a few moments of pleasure was outrageous. Many in the Word of God played this game. Samson in the Word of God, he went this same route. Play now, pay later. And oh, how Samson had to pay. Amen. The prodigal son played this same game. Oh, it looked, it looked like it's a good thing to do. I can have a good time. I, I'm going I'm to go play. I'm going to go to a far country. I'm going to live it up. I'm going to live in the pleasures, and I'm, I'm going to have a good time. But payday came. Payday will always come, young people. With that pill, with that shot in the arm, people don't realize. I'm going to, I'm going to go out here and get a high. I'm, a, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do what I want to do. Nobody can stop you, but there's a payday. There's a high price to pay. But I read about a man in the Word of God. He made a wise decision. Instead of playing that game, in Hebrews eleven twenty four, by faith Moses, when he's come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, he had respect unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. 
the invisible reward he saw, the pleasures of sin are fleeting, that is, they cannot satisfy. And how true that is. You may go out here and play. It doesn't matter what you play with. Friend, the things of the world cannot satisfy. Sin feels good. I'm not going to argue with you. There's pleasure in sin. Young people, I'm not going to be deceitful. I'm not going to lie to you. Sin feels good. There's pleasure in sin. But sin does not have a pleasant ending. Show me one case in the Word of God where sin had a pleasant ending. Friend, it never has. It never will. Someone said, well, my case is different. No, friend. Sin does not, never will have a pleasant ending. It kills you. The wages of sin is death. The pleasure of sin feels good. But the result is death. And when I said death, I'm not talking about just physical death. I mean inner misery, unhappiness, no joy, no peace. While sin may be pleasurable, the pleasure of sin is temporary. Amen. This is why people have to keep going back to sin. That's why they got to go back and get another bottle, another pill, go back and get another shot in the arm. And the sad thing about it, you got to get more to drink the next time. You got to get more drugs the next time. And you got to keep getting more. Why? Because sin does not satisfy. And people don't understand that. They think they can control this thing, but they can't control it. Because sin takes you farther than you want to go. and It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it costs you more than you want to pay. Amen. Pleasure that sin was derived from one sin doesn't last. So you got to keep going back. Ultimately, the pleasure of sin will pass forever with no way to get it back. How can there be happiness in sinning? There's certainly pleasure, but it becomes miserable. The truth of the matter is that real happiness can't be found in a pill, in a bottle. Amen, Jesus has got what you need. Oh, I thank God. Uh, I heard the song when I was a young man, and I didn't realize the truth of it. And we used to sing it many years ago, I searched for him. And I knew not what I searched for. I longed for him. And I knew not what I longed for. Then I found Jesus. I knew that I would search no more. He filled the longing down in my soul. Thank God. When I was 18 years old, I found Jesus. He filled the longing down in my soul. It's a longing that alcohol will never be able to fill. 
Drugs will never be able to fill it. Nothing that the devil has to offer is able to fill this longing but salvation. I'm not talking about joining churches. I'm not talking about getting religion. I'm talking about old time salvation where you're made a new creature in Christ and old things pass away. Friend, it'll satisfy that longing. There's some water that you can drink of. And Jesus said, if you'll drink this water, you'll never thirst again. Amen. He'll fill that longing. He'll fill that thirsting that's down in your soul. Amen. When we're going, when we're going to understand the pleasures of sin. Amen. Look at the prodigal son doing the dirty job of taking care of pigs. The dirty work represents sin, but in it, there's no happiness. That dirty work could not take away his spiritual hunger. How could Moses abandon the pleasures that Egypt offered? What did Moses turn down? I'll tell you what he turned down. He turned down women, prestige, money, and power. Amen. A lot of other things that I can mention. He decided to turn it all away. Amen. He said, I'll tell you what I'd rather do. I'd rather suffer the afflictions with the people of God for a season and enjoy the things of God throughout eternity. That sounds wise to me. Amen. And so, dear ones, his eyes was on the reward and thus, he wanted to overcome sin. Our eyes must always be on the divine reward of enjoying God. Why pursue sin tonight if it does not satisfy? Amen. There's no peace for the wicked, saith my God. The wages of sin is death. Only enjoying Christ as our holiness and our absolute conformity to God's will is where happiness is. Amen. Lord, open our eyes that happiness cannot be found in sin. I'm telling you, friend, happiness, real joy, real peace will never be found out in sin. The choice is yours. Either you give up a season of pleasure for Christ or it will come to an end but only start a new season of everlasting fire and damnation. The wages of sin are very high. Sin is the most expensive thing in this world. The pleasure of sin is later changed into remorse, corruption, heartache. On the other hand, the incomparable joy and serving the Lord gains beauty with every passing day. It pays to serve Jesus now and in this life to come. I just want to encourage every one of you, you young people, you're headed for some temptations out there. You're going to be tempted to go out here in the world. Somebody said, I'll never know if I don't try. All you got to do is look around and the ones that have tried. See where it took them. Look at the mess their lives are in. 
All some of you have to do is look at some of your older brothers and sisters. All you got to do is look around at some of the young people that left this congregation and thought, I'm going to go out and sin and just enjoy it for a season. Look what sin has done in their life. Look how far the devil took them. And don't you think that you'll stop because you may even go farther. Do not be deterred from this glorious path of following Jesus Christ. There may be pleasure in sin, but oh, it doesn't have a pleasant ending. The pleasures of sin are too high of a price for you to pay. The joy of Christianity is too glorious for you to miss out on. Friend, what should we do knowing that sin might be pleasurable? It's passing. We should seek God and his reward and live with him throughout eternity. Moses gave up the pleasures of sin for the ill treatment with the people of God. Why? He was looking for the reward, and here's what he said. The greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. We have greater riches in Jesus Christ than you can ever find out here in the world. Moses, thank God for an example. Like Moses, he refused to play that game. Play now and pay later. He's a wise man. He said, I'm not going to do that. The wages of sin is death. It's always been death. Always will be death. There's no getting around this eternal principle. You can pretend that it does not exist. You can say no one saw it or everybody else does it. I don't think it's wrong. It was no one's business how I live. She made me. He drove me to it or any of the million other excuses we make for our disobedience. We're good at that, you know that? Because our first parents taught us that. We learned how to do that from our first parents, but it didn't work for them, and it don't work for me, and it don't work for you. Sinner, your sin is killing you by inches. All day long, they're sowing in you the seeds of disease and death. Every sin, not some sin, but every sin you commit with your body shortens your bodily life. Every sin you commit with your mind, every act of stupidity, folly, willful ignorance, helps to destroy your mind, leaves you dull, devoid of right reason. Every sin you commit with your spirit, each sin of passion, temper, envy, malice, pride, vanity, injustice, cruelty, extravagance, and self-indulgence helps destroy your spiritual life and leaves you bad more and more, unable to do the right and avoid the wrong. More and more, unable to discern right from wrong. And the last is spiritual death, eternal death of your moral being, the wages 
of sin is death. There are three parts in you, body, mind, spirit, and every sin you commit helps to kill one of these three, and sometimes all three. So sinner, dream not of escaping the wages of sin outside of Christ. You are being punished now, for you are punishing yourself. And you will continue to be punished forever, for you will be punishing yourself forever as long as you're doing wrong and breaking the laws which God appointed for the body, mind, and spirit. Play now, pay later. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.